You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome into episode 106 of the House of L podcast. Man, I've been waiting to do this episode for forever. It's one of those episodes where the guest, you've been trying to get that guest on, and you finally get the guest, and it ends up being even better than you imagined. I think you would stick in with the podcast. We like to do a lot of interesting stuff and talk with interesting people, and this week's guest is no different from that. Oh my goodness, I love Spice Adams, man. He's he's just the best. And it, what's crazy is, obviously, I was in the locker room covering the team when Spice was on the team. So I've known Spice for a long time. I've known him for 10 years or 11 years. 12 years? Wow, 12 years. <laughs> so I've known Spice for a really long time. And you knew that this guy had personality. You watch him as the the, the team breaks down the huddle. And him being in the middle of it. And you could tell that he had personality. What's crazy to me, and it's one of the things that we explore in this conversation, is how he has transcended being an athlete. You would think that someone who spent a decade in the NFL would have popularity based on the fact that they spent a decade in the NFL. That's not easy to do. But Spice has gone so far beyond that. He's everywhere. Ubiquitous is a great word to describe him. It's a great word to describe this guy. His acumen for business and being able to leverage his obvious comedic talent. And then I'm inspired so much by him learning all of the the tricks of the trade when it comes to video editing and getting it out there for people. He's a, a, a renaissance man in, in the truest sense of the word. Great family, great wife. Shout out to AC, his wife. She's, she's outstanding. Just they're an outstanding couple. And he is, he is someone that people should look to and go, this is how, I can be myself during and after playing professional sports. He's a great model for a lot of these these young men and young women to go, see, I can I can embrace all of my goofy. 
I can turn it into something and people will be interested in what I turn it into. You're going to find out a lot about Spice. There's there's a lot of this stuff that I know because I've known Spice. We've done a lot of charity work together. I consider him a friend. But there's some stuff in here that I didn't know. Like the fact that he speaks Japanese. Did not know that. He'll explain all of it. This is a fun episode, but there's a lot of cool details in here too. And yeah, there's some stuff about the bears in here as well. If if, if you need that to get into the episode. But check it out. This is some dope stuff. Me and Spice Adams chopping it up on a whole bunch of subjects. Episode 106 of the House of L podcast. Anthony Spice Adams. Oh, how you doing? Man, I'm chilling, man. What's up with you? Oh, you know how it is. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to survive. Like that I just got the I got the word from my boss. He's like, yeah, don't worry about coming in tomorrow. Like, just do the show from home. Okay. So, yeah, I was still trying to figure out the logistics of it, but I think that's the way that it's going to be. It's it's just weird. Like, all of it is really strange. I have not left the house today at all. You doing video, too? Yeah, I'm on, I have video going. Oh, okay. Oh, there. See, there. I see, I see you now. You got your wave cap on and everything. That's when you know I'm chilling. <laughs> You know what? I decided that I'm going to use all of this time to uh, grow my hair and my beard. <laughs> I've now decided that that's going to be the move. Why not? So, you, you know, perfect time. it is. It's a perfect time and, and it's 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 all good, man. I got so much stuff I want to ask you. Why? Because you're one of the more interesting stories out there, man. <laughs> but 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 let's 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 talk about the football first yeah when did you know that you were good at football uh i don't know i guess it was it was maybe uh maybe like my junior or senior year of uh high school when uh my cousin went to college and uh in louisiana at grambling and so he was calling home um asking my mom who is the guy at martin luther king high school with the white helmet i keep hearing about this dude and so my mom was like that's anthony so like he heard about me all the way out in louisiana and you know when i grew up it was no instagram or no youtube or nothing like that so for him to hear that i was doing good all the way in louisiana and i was in michigan I was like, dang, I must be doing something right. But I didn't even know, like, I was just extremely coachable. So whatever the coaches were telling me to do, like, I would do it, like, to the best of my ability. Like, I would play through the whistle, through the echo of the whistle, not the actual whistle itself. So I would, I would be going hard. And, um, you know, before long, I ended up getting a scholarship to go to Penn State. But then at Penn State, that's when I knew I was really good because my whole thing was I didn't want to go to college to make it to the NFL, like that, that just wasn't a dream of mine. It was just like, I want to actually go to college because I don't see a lot of my family going to college. And when I get to Penn State playing this football, I want to start and I want to compete. Then it got to a point where my junior year, I started seeing the people that I had good games against get drafted. So I was like, man, they drafting this guy? I know they seen the Penn State game. I know they seen that. 
So then I, I, I kind of figured I had a shot and I started taking it more serious. What would you have done if it wasn't football? Like what was, what were you thinking was going to be your career track going into Penn state? My main goal was to own some type of business somehow. And, uh, I didn't know what that was going to look like or anything. So, but my, uh, major was a uh, business management and international business. And I really wanted to study abroad in Japan because I, I just dig the Japanese culture. But I had, um, so at my school, Martin Luther King High School in Detroit, we had a uh, math, science and applied technology program called an MSAT. And, you know, you got to take a language. And so everybody was taking like Spanish or Latin. And I just, I just wanted something a little bit more challenging. So I wanted to take up Japanese for, for my language. And through learning um, Japanese or Nihongo, I ended up like learning about some of their cultures and stuff like that. And I really started digging it. And so when I got to college, after taking, I, I took like three or four years of a, four years of Japanese at a high school. And so uh, once getting to Penn State, I just, I wanted to do business management and uh, international business. So I can study abroad in Japan. It's, I think it's dope. Can you still speak Japanese? A little bit. I probably can hold a conversation with like a two-year-old or a three-year-old and stuff <laughs> like that. Man. But I'm so rusty, man. I just know like basic stuff. Like well, I could I could introduce myself. Like if I walked up to somebody and I was, you know, just touched down in Japan, I would say, uh, Boku no name wa Anthony des. Hajime Maste Dojo Roshiku. Wow. Yeah. So, hi, my name is Anthony. Nice to meet you. So I, I think that maybe later on, once things get back to normal, I think you and you Darvish should get together. Well, let's do it. I ain't scared. You and you Darvish, because he, you know, he's learned English and he's also become like a, a thing on Twitter. Like his Twitter account is yeah. is pretty banging. Like you two guys could have a lot of fun. You go to the Cubs game and talk with Japanese with you Darvish. <laughs> How about that? That man? would be let's dope. Do so let's so when you got to the NFL. What, walk me through draft night, your second round pick. Like, what, what was oh, draft man. draft night like? Oh man. Okay, so uh, I was projected to go like fourth round, and uh, but I had a pretty good uh, combine and everything like that. But um, but you know, with all that said, I was the tenth rated defensive tackle in the two thousand three draft, and nine defensive tackles went off the board fast in the first round. It was kind of just like a record. Like you can hear Chris Berman, another defensive tackle, another defensive tackle. Like this is unheard of. So within like the first 17, 18 picks, it was like a bunch of defensive tackles. So I'm, I'm counting now. I'm like one, two, three, four. And then it got to nine. I think the last pick of, of a defensive tackle was Jonathan Sullivan, I think. We went to New Orleans. I don't know. I can't remember. But I knew whoever it was, it was number nine. So I'm like, if a, if a team needs a defensive tackle, it's a chance that I might go first round. So I'm just like, oh. So um, I'm doing like all of the math and all the scenarios in my head. So I remember at, at the combine or the senior bowl, whenever it was, I had a meeting with the Raiders. And the Raiders said, we love your work ethic. We love your motor. They said, we will draft you in a heartbeat. 
I'm like, what? Wow, like that's great news. Like inside, like that's what I'm thinking. Outside, I'm like, oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. It's a good compliment coming from you. A story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to give the old <laughs> that talk right there. But the inside, I'm like, oh, word, y'all draft me right now. Like, let's do it. So I'm I'm at I'm at Penn State at my defensive at my defensive lineman coach's house, sitting on the couch. And uh, you know, the first round is going by, and I'm just like, man, it might be a chance that I'll get drafted in the first round. Like, this is crazy. So they get down to the Raiders, they got the last two picks of the draft. So I'm like, they just, I think they had just traded Dana Stubblefield or something like that. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was the Niners who traded Dana Stubblefield from San Francisco. That's why they got me. But um, yeah, so they said uh, the Raiders had the last two picks of the draft. They drafted Namdi Asamoa, who's a great player. And then Tyler Brayton, who was also a good player. He played with uh, Carolina Panthers, too. So I'm just sitting there like, dang. Like, so after hearing that news, like, I don't know where I'm going to go because I hadn't I hadn't had a talk with anybody like how I deal with the Raiders, where the Raiders were like, we will draft you right now. You know, I kind of bum rushed my way into a lot of different meetings that I wasn't supposed to be in, like, just to talk, just to say, hey, what's up? My name is Spice, blah, 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 blah. But um, anyway, they didn't draft me. So now it's like, I got no clue as to where I'm going. And mind you, um, I am there with, you know, the, the flip phone that you have. Yes. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Pennsylvania. This was like the first one where you could add a camera onto it. So you, <laughs> you gotta put all this stuff, like all of these wires in here and you can like, put a camera onto it or whatever. Like that's how old it was. So I'm there in Pennsylvania and all of the mountains. So I'm not getting good reception out there. And I get drafted uh, during a commercial break. So I don't get a chance to hear Chris Berman say, you know, Anthony Adams, Penn State, pick number 57 or whatever. And this whole time, mind you, I have been getting prank calls from my boys who have been calling me saying, hey, you know, this is so-and-so from Seattle Seahawks. Uh, we got a pick coming up. Like, so I have been hearing that all day. So I'm constantly hanging the phone up on all my friends praying practical jokes on me. So I finally get the call from the 49ers and it's Terry Donahue, the, the general manager. He said, hey, we're gonna pick you with the 57th pick. Like, you ready? And I'm on the phone like, yeah, all right, Daryl. Get out of here. No. <laughs> Hang the phone up on the general manager at the San Francisco 49. Wow. So he calls me back like, yo, I'm not joking. Yeah, we're going to draft you to the San Francisco 49ers. I'm just like, wow. So I'm up at Penn State. I was up there training. So I got on a, a track suit and like some some gym shoes or whatever. I, I don't even know what that, I don't even know what my outfit was. And uh, so upon learning that, I go to the mall. I get, I get all the San Francisco 40, 49ers hats. They, they gag. Like, give me all of them. Give me, give me all seven of them. And then um, we go to get a suit. Because, I mean, I got to fly out the next day and we're doing a press conference. So I get like some, uh, <laughs> I get like some dockers. Uh, and I just buy those. <laughs> 
got like, Dockers? Yeah, just like some regular, I don't even know like where you could buy these type of shoes from. Like, like just some standard uh, dress shoes. I don't know, they were super random, man. And uh, I probably had on some tube socks, but I, I couldn't get a jacket that would fit me. So then I ended up borrowing one from my defensive line coach. So if anybody out there has the picture, the press conference of when I got drafted, they're probably the worst suit combination you ever want to see in your life. It was it was so bad, Lawrence. So bad. What made it so bad? Just because it... it- it was just pieced together. Like I could only get the Docker khakis <laughs> and the Dr. Martin shoes or whatever they was. I don't know. <laughs> and then I just borrowed my defensive lineman's coat jacket. It was probably from a suit. Like it wasn't like it was a blazer or nothing like that. It was just like something random, like in the back of his closet. So if, if anybody has that picture, it is unreal how terrible i look <laughs> so so you make it to the 49ers how surreal a moment was that for you where if we go if we turn the clock back just four years you're thinking i'm going to college to study business yeah. and now you're in the nfl crazy crazy i'm talking to brian young uh, Jeff Car Jeff Garcia is like, hey, how you doing, Anthony? And I'm like, there's always another Anthony on the team. Like, so I'm just like, oh me, y'all, I'm doing good, man. How you like? Uh, Terrell Owens is playing dominoes with me. You know, I'm just we talking trash. Like I'm talking, to, I'm talking trash with Terrell Owens. Like it was crazy. It was crazy, man. You know. So Montana might walk through there. Roger Craig might walk through there. Like you never know. Ronnie Lott. He's just like, what? I seen Walsh. Walsh was, you know, walking around, man. I'm like, this is unreal, man. It was crazy. I loved every moment. Do you have I wish a- it was like now I could have like, put some pictures and put it on the ground. <laughs> but there's no one like that you know from back in the day over because they still love you in San Francisco. There's no one back in the day that has like photos or old clips that you could have that you could put up and be like, look, here's oh, me no, and Bill, that, Bill Walsh. That's 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 a long time ago, man. 2003. It's it's so different now, man. Uh, maybe somebody, but it's like, um, you know, you, you talk to the uh, the newspapers there, you know. To dig back in those archives, man, that's a long time. So I don't know if if it's out there. It is. It's hilarious. What was your favorite moment as a 49er? <sighs> My favorite moment, um, man, we lost a lot. So <laughs> I can't even. It's not like with the Bears. It's like, oh yeah, I remember 2010 where we were in the playoffs. Uh, we we didn't have a shot. We went seven and nine, two and fourteen, four and twelve, and then seven and nine again. So it's slim pickings for me, man. But I got a. I, I remember I got my first sack. It was just kind of like a hustle play. It was Gus Farrak from the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, I remember that because it was like right by the end zone. I almost got a almost got a safety. So. 
Uh, I think I was, it was probably like week six or week eight or something like that. But I remember, I remember getting that first sack. And I think we, we lost that game. Yeah, I don't even need to think about it. We lost that game because I remember vividly because all I kept hearing was the cannons going off whenever Randy Moss scored. Boom, boom. It was like every time you do a little move or something like that, run toward it, boom. I was like, gosh, boom. I remember that. <laughs> so how, how hyped were you considering that you joined the Bears a month and a half after they played in a Super Bowl. Like, what, what was that? Like, how did you feel about coming to a team that realistically had a chance to go back and maybe win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I thought, I thought we were going back. I was like, if you, if you think about the nucleus of the team, it's basically all there. You know, so it wasn't it wasn't that many changes. And so I just I was like, yeah, we going back. And I think we we went seven and nine that year. Yep. Seven and nine. Um, but you could tell that the pieces were all there. It's just, you know, a few tweaks that you needed. And uh I think um we we'd have made some noise, man. We just had a few little kinks, man. Dang. But it was I tell you what, man. It was it was great to pass by, dude, because it it was like everybody on the team was like a big kid. Mm-hmm. So that was like that's my athlete, like that's me, like I do. So uh, I don't know. I just said the connection was unstable. Can you hear me? Yeah, you broke up a little bit, but you're still there. Okay. Are you saying that like everyone was like a, a, a like a big little kid in that yeah. that locker room? Yeah, which was that was that was my language right there, man. I, I speak that language right there. So everybody was a big kid, but everybody still took care of business. So that's what I learned about it. It was like you know we we laugh and we joke around, but when it comes time to football, when that that whistle blows, it's time to go to work. So. You know, it it was cool to finally be on a team that kind of had an identity. We really didn't have an identity with the with the Niners at the time. What was it like to play with Erlacher? He was cool, man. It was like you think about all these different superstars, and you meet them out on the field, and you know they're kind of just kind of standoffish or whatever. But Erlacher was he was different, man. He was just like you know, real down to earth, real approachable. Um, talk to him about anything, man. He, he was cool. He was he was just like like one of the fellas. You know, he t- treated everybody the same. He was cool. I mean, and he had every right to be like, you know, hey, look, hey, look, Robbie Gold, I'm not gonna show up at your foundation dinner. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a million other things I got to do, but he would show up and take pictures and sign autographs and and it. it it could have been anybody, not just because it was Robbie Gold or, you know, could have been anybody. But that's what it, that's why our fools relax, man. Cool dude. What's your favorite, like, because everyone that I know that played with Brian, I mean, I have it too as someone who covered that those teams. What's your favorite on-the-field moment where you saw Brian do something and you were like, holy shit, like, <laughs> people aren't supposed to be able to do that. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was it was it was a couple of them, man. Um, but you you talking to somebody who I don't remember what I ate yesterday. <laughs> so like put me on the spot like that. Like I don't. All right. Um, I mean, think about it. And if you come back okay. with something, that's fine. I'm the run stopper. I'm in the first and second down. Third down <laughs> is when all that magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there the first, second down. Like, man, get out there and stop the run. Third down, it'd be like, all right, now it's money time. <laughs> like, hey, let's, take, let's take Spice off the field and, and get a pass I, rusher in there. I, I, I remember one time uh, they... Whenever we get mic'd up, Erlacher never wants to know. He never wants to know if he's the one that's mic'd up. And he always asks. He's like, who's mic'd up? Who's mic'd up? And um, this one particular time, he had came in a huddle. And uh, I think the Bears had played it one year, something like that. He uh, came in a huddle, and he was about to call a play. And then he was like, woo. He was like, who is that? Who is that? Like, some, somebody farted. And I never said anything, <laughs> but it was me. It's oh, we got an exclusive. Let's go. It was me. It was me. Uh, I usually don't eat eggs in the morning, but this particular day, it was a night game, and I usually don't eat anything uh, before the game. But since this game was at night, I had some eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and see, and now now people know, like, this is the type of stuff that I was hoping would happen on my podcast when I invited you on. Yeah, you get some exclusives, man. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. Look, I know there's a lot of cool stuff, like, in the in the, the football aspect of your career. But I, I'd love to know the moment you decide, I think I'm done playing. Or the league is like, I think Anthony's done playing. Uh, yeah, the league made that decision. Like, you know what? I we, we think you're done. It's like, oh, okay, hey, you're loud and clear. You know, when you when you played in the league for for a while and you start peeping game, man, you you understand what's going on. Like the, the writing be on the wall. Like I kind of knew after signing with Chicago for the third time that this was probably the last one. Because uh when we were we were negotiating during the lockout. And I was getting zero percent calls, zero. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a couple of teams like expressing interest, like, yeah, what about this guy? You know, whatever, whatever. But it was nothing serious at all, nothing. And so I would, <laughs> I would be talking to the Bears, straight lying, like, man, we're talking to Minnesota right now. You hold on. Hold on, I'm, I'm talking to him right now. Wait, wait a second, so-and-so. I make up somebody's name that worked for the Vikings or something like that. Like, I was talking to absolutely <laughs> no. <laughs> so I was like, man, this this must be it. So, you know, I, I did straight the next uh, contract year, but I had uh, I had messed my pec up. Not my pec, my uh, calf. And uh, I did that. Like the Thursday when I came back, I think I signed on Wednesday. And then Thursday, came back the first practice. I popped my calf. I felt it pop. Like, bang. I was like, man, because I had been training like that whole time, or whatever. So um, I popped my calf and then I was out like 
the whole preseason, four games. And so I rushed to come back to play the first game against the Atlanta Falcons. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's when I knew. I was like, man, this, this is about to be different. Like, they're about to start treating me different. And, um, but I tried to hurry up and come back and it just, it just wasn't a good idea. And I probably wasn't right to like week six or week seven. You know, cause I mean, you use your calf every step. You know what I'm saying? And you playing 60 plays sometimes in a game, like it's not gonna hold up. But I kind of, I kind of knew I got the, the writing on the wall. But you know, like every year, every year it's like in your head, you like nobody can run the screen on me, like because I'm, I'm, I'm too smart, you won't be able to get me. Nobody could do it. And then, so you start taking pride, like when you start seeing the screen and stuff like that. You like you recognize it, and then you. There's no wasted movements. If I'm rushing and I see that it's the screen, I'm stopping everything I'm doing and I'm flat down the line of scrimmage down there. And then sometimes when you get to like year four, it's not there. Like that that burst that you had, it's just, it's not there. And you kind of can understand that, dang man. Like once you start saying, I usually, yeah, that's, that's what you know. <laughs> I usually. That's when you know. Did you struggle after, like, it being decided that you you weren't going to go back and play anymore? Like, what was, what were those moments like when you were trying to figure out what you were going to do next? I, I had no idea. I had no plan for that. And uh, because I, I, I just didn't think that, that they would release me the way that they did. Thought I would at least get like a year to kind of find that out because um, I still had one year left on my deal so for them to release me it came as a shock because it was kind of like you know I'm I'm like one of the older guys and like I'm one of those guys that like I'm a system guy like I can play the four three like nobody business like I, I play my job like nose guard like that's what I do like I bring my lunch pail so I thought that I was kind of in there with Lovey and Rod Marinelli. And so um, for me hearing the news of when I got released, I was just like, man, like I, I had, I had no plans, none. And then I, I thought that from all the relationships that I made throughout the years, that one of the coaches might have vouched for me and said, oh, they released Anthony Adams? Oh, we gotta get him on the team. So like all those coaches, I would be calling, like, hey, man, you think you got a spot for me or something like that? And, ah, once they hit you with that, you, you already know that they don't. So, but I still thought, you know, I could give a team, you know, one or two more years or something like that and kind of prove myself. But the league thought otherwise. And so you start, it's, it's like stages. So like you don't make it there a preseason, like that's fine because nobody really want to go to camp anyway. So um, you, you go to week one and it's like a wave of free agents that usually go week one. And once you don't make that first wave, then you got to wait and like, which is crazy. You got to wait for somebody to get hurt in order for you to make it onto somebody's squad. So, I mean, you don't want to be wishing and praying that somebody gets hurt on like all these different teams but 
It's the, it's the nature of the beast, man. And then they have like all these different type of roster cuts or whatever that comes up and they're like, hey, after this date, then we're gonna sign you. So you get all the way out to October and you're spending all this money working out and you just like, you see all this money going out and nothing's coming back in. And you're just like, man, I gotta make a decision, man. It's getting close to November. And then even then you wait till like November, December, then some of these teams are like, hey man, wait till the playoffs. So instead of, you know, putting my family through all of that and say somebody from Seattle gets hurt and he twists his ankle or something like that, hey, hey, we're going to sign you and you're out there for, you know, three weeks until, until this defensive lineman gets back healthy and then, then they release you. Right. After you, after you then uprooted your family and say, okay, I think this is a good spot for me. We're going to be out here in Seattle or wherever the case may be. And then they give you the news like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so's back healthy, so we don't need you anymore. So instead of putting my family through that, I was just like, I'm done. Is it weird to you that you're more popular now than 10 years in the, like, it's strange to me to, to tell you that the God's honest truth. It's weird. Be like, this guy played in the league for a decade. And yeah. it wasn't until a few years after that that a whole nother group of people were like, man, that dude is funny as hell. It's strange. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I would, I never really expected people to know who I was anyways. I mean, me playing nose guard, like, you got to be a real diehard fan to know who I was. You know, like that must mean like I'm I'm really doing my job if you know who I am. Like, cause nose guards all we do is take on the double team and you know we let the linebackers go and make the plays or you know the, the quicker guys. So, um, but what what is crazy is the fact that people just don't know that I played professional football. Yes, it, it's just that's that's so funny because it's like I will put up a picture of me in the um, San Francisco 49ers uniform, like, you know, just like an action shot of me getting ready to make a tackle or something like that. And folks be like, man, this this dude, he getting out cold with the Photoshop. Like he is nice with it. And it's like, no dude, like this actually happened, bro. Like this is not a Photoshop, you know what I'm saying? So like people have no idea that I played, which is, it's like a testament of, of, of of my work of like what I do right now, you know, cause everybody just always thought that, you know, I, I do videos or like I make videos or something like that. Like you, you, you the funny guy off of Facebook and Instagram. And nobody's, nobody's like, you know, you the dude who used to play for the 49ers. Like nobody knows that man. And it's, it's wild, but it's, it's cool because it's, it's letting me know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do as far as entertainment. Well, look, I mean, I had that that experience at this past Super Bowl. Like, I was sitting there with the NBC Bay Area people. Yeah. And I'm sitting there with Jeff Garcia. And I was like, yeah. I, I know. And I, I was like, Jeff, you play with my boy, Spice Adams. And he was like, he's like, uh, Spice, um... <laughs> well, they used to call me Double A, and and I and I said so. I did the whole thing. I was like Anthony, like Double A, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I love Double A." 
<laughs> and and I and, and I go, I was like, you know that he's like one of the most famous people on Twitter and Instagram now. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I <laughs> I showed him your profile, and you should have seen his face. <laughs> he was like, he has that many followers. I was like, yeah, he's like a movement, man. Like it's a whole thing. <laughs> it was it was it was really really weird. That was real cool, man. How did you learn to do all of this stuff? Because your technical proficiency is through the roof with your videos. I'm a, you know what? I'm a huge copycat. You know what I'm saying? I think we all are. So like we, we all get inspired by something. And so um, a lot of different videos that I see, I say, that was funny, but it, I think you could reach like a whole different audience if you say NFL stuff that free agents might say. You know what I'm saying? Or like, I just put like my own spin on it, where it's like, you know what? I got an uncle who sounds just like, <laughs> like if I could like just create something where, cause everybody can relate to that one uncle that you have where somebody says, is this person a part of your family? And you're just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's my uncle Vernus, man. That's him. <laughs> everybody got that uncle, man. So, um, I think that, you know, seeing like all these different videos and everything and, you know, people like making a career out of them, I was just like, man, maybe, maybe I should get out of shot because I love to entertain. You know, I love people like around me just like having a good time. Like anybody who was ever in a locker room with me, I'll tell you that. Like I, I never like to see somebody down or nothing. Like I'll just, I'll do whatever it takes to kind of, you know, get you to smile or get you to dance or something like that, man. Cause it's like, it feels good being around a bunch of people that just want to have fun. So what was the video that you think popped you? Like, like made this part of your career? Um, It was the retirement video for sure. Like, cause it just, it got everywhere. I mean, I was trying to, uh, trying to check my mail on Yahoo and it was like on the front page right there. Wow. So like, man, just, I mean, just like something simple like that, where like, I don't, I don't even know this. And I'm just like, man, let me check my email. And it's like, what? Like, that's, that's crazy. Where do you, where do you even get that picture from, first of all? But it's just like, it's crazy, man. And then Yahoo puts on there, it's like the greatest free agent of all time on there, whatever. Like, it is, it, it was madness. But that, that was the video that kind of like made people start paying attention to me. It's cool to see both on the creative side, you doing what you're doing, but also on the business side. I, I feel like I'm seeing you move in spaces that former football players don't necessarily move in. Does that go back to the, the business training that you got in high school and in college? Or is that all stuff that you learned as an adult? I think it's just, it's just my upbringing, man. You know, my mom, you know, seeing her work or whatever. And, you know, being from Detroit, like you just, a, just a blue collar worker. You know what I'm saying? And it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't stop like whatever your profession is. Like if I wanted to be a custodian or if I wanted to be a teacher or whatever, like what I'm doing now, entertainer, it's just like, I'm going to work hard at it. And you know, I'm going to spend some time with it to really see if this is what I want to do. Like, I'm going to 
I edit a lot of my videos. So, you know, I would go to, um, what is it, Final, Final Cut Pro and try to find out like how to mask different things or use different stuff with keying or do different transitions with jump cuts and dissolving and like all of this other type of stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, to work hard at it. And I think that's, that's when like something, just like a light bulb went off and was just like, you know, I think all of the, the energy and the effort that I put into football, I can now put into entertaining people through forms of video. Is it still fun for you? Um, I have a great time. Like I would, I think people said, some, somebody said once, if you get up early, if, if you love something enough, you'll get up early for it. And I remember waking up four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning to train for football because I love to do it. And I remember now getting up sometimes three, four o'clock in the morning to shoot a video because I love doing it. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I love shooting videos, dude. And just to, and then you, you can't beat, um, somebody coming up to you in, in Alabama or if I'm in London and somebody from Kuwait comes up to me and says, you're the, you're the, you're the dude, you're the dude, you're Spice Adams, right? Do the laugh. The laugh is hilarious. All right, I walk five feet from that person and somebody from Ghana is like, Spice Adams. So, I mean, like you can't beat that. Like I'm in, I'm in overseas somewhere and people from all over the world are coming up to me saying, I love your videos. So that right there, it just, it pushed that, that, that extra oomph in, you know, me, you know, doing what I do. What was the all-star game like? Oh man, what? It was dope. It, did I, did I see you? I was around, but I didn't, I was there. But I I was in and out, kind of doing a couple different things. Like I went to the the celeb game, and then I was at the All Star festivities on Saturday night. I was trying to get to you, but I was a little bit of everything that day. It was it was so much going on, man. It was like a like a baby, just like being overstimulated with everything. Like it was so much, like every day, like Wednesday through Sunday, I was doing something every day. Every day I was doing something, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I did something with Mountain Dew, with State Farm, with DraftKings, with the Players' Tribune, um, with, uh, goodness gracious, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out. I, you know, I did stuff with the Bears, of course, but I was doing stuff on the radio. I did stuff with uh, uh, Mike Golick. You know, it was, it was wild. It was bananas, man. And I and the thing is, I got a chance to take my kids to see all of that stuff mm. too. So in the celebrity all-star game was all right. Look, let me let me tell you this. You get another exclusive. Okay. Let me let me tell you. <laughs> so I uh go to the locker room, uh, because we got to practice the day before the celebrity all-star game, and I see Lil Rail. From Chicago, shout out to Lil Rel. So, and uh, I met Lil Rel like a while back, like before Get Out and like all the success that he's had. I met him before, like way before when he was just doing stuff at the Laugh Factory. So, 
he just finished doing a set for Jerry Azuma at like some comedy night or something like that. And Lil Real had hosted it. So I met him, whatever, boom, boom, boom. It was cool, cool, blah, blah, blah. So um, in the locker room, we got to try out our jerseys to see which one, see, see, see the fit, you know. Of course, I had like a 2X now, you know what I'm saying? Getting yeah. slimmed down now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I went in there trying my jersey on and everything. I see Lil Real come in. I'm like, Real, hey, what's up, man? Like that. And Real just kind of, just give me one of those. Like, well, people hearing this, he just kind of like shrugged me off. And uh, so I'm like. What you do to Rail? Were you like, what did I, did I offend him? Like. Look, of, 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 and I, I, I totally just messed this up. I'm, I'm doing, I did something with Whistle Sports as well, who I didn't mention, but Whistle Sports was there getting like behind the scenes stuff. So it was a camera there. So I was like, maybe it was the camera. You know what I'm saying? Like he probably didn't want to be on camera. Like he didn't sign up for this. You know, he just going to the locker room just to get a jersey. Of course, there's not a camera in there. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's why he shrugged the shoulder off at me. So I pay no mind, but I'm still kind of thinking about it. Uh, I go try my jersey on, everything fit well. I talk to everybody that's in there. Yeah, it's cool, blah, blah, blah. So I'm still thinking about it. So I'm like, real, you're not just about to play me, man. Like, like, what's up, man? What's going on? So he said, hey, look, you can't do the character. We playing this basketball game. I'm trying to win. So you can't do the character. Whoa. So I'm like, I'm, I bust out laughing, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> That's why you was giving me the cold shoulder, dog? Because the cream Biggum's going to come down there and jack up some threes? I say, oh, man. So, man, we started laughing about that, man. We had a good time, man. We started talking for like 15 minutes. Like, like we've known each other for years, man. It was, it was crazy, man. But just that, that whole experience was cool. But I thought that was funny because he was just like, he was so serious about that game, dude. <laughs> so serious. I know he wanted to drop kick coming. Like, no, I should have won that. Yeah, and, and that was one of the things that I was thinking while I was watching it because, you know, the funny highlight is you and Q and Common. Whereas, yeah. like, and, and I, I kept thinking to myself, a lot of these people have no idea the level of athlete that Anthony actually is. And it just made me laugh because I'm sitting there going, I've played basketball with football players. It's not fun at all because y'all be dipping shoulders into folks and then folks go flying. And I just go, if they had any, I, like that's where like it started to click on to me. It's like, there's so many people who don't realize Anthony played football. So many. Yeah, it don't matter out there on that court though, boy. Woo, especially if you ain't played in a while. Damn, I got some buckets though, man. I had like four. Yeah, you you was doing your <laughs> thing. Was there anyone that you saw like at this point in this portion of your career? Is there mm-hmm. anyone that makes you starstruck? Where you were like, oh, I'm on the floor with such and such. Um, you know what? I thought it was cool that they brought uh, Horace Grant out there. Horace Grant, dog. I'm like, yo, we start kicking. I'm like, man, where you get those goggles from? <laughs> I need some of them goggles, baby. And matter of fact, Horace, hear this, man. I still ain't got him. Man, I would not let him leave the court till he gave me his plug. Really? Something. I said, man, I got to have those, man. 
Like them joints is fire. I mean, for cream, that would be. That's what I'm saying. It would be That's top notch. Saying. That's what I'm saying. And then, you know, I really wanted to ask him. I should have. I should have asked him. I was like, you know, I wanted to be like, hey man, did Harvey ever, you know, get out there for you? You know what I'm saying? Did he get a chance to play in the playoffs for you? Hey, that's what I I want to know. Is that ring all yours? (laughs) Or does Harvey have one of the first three? (laughs) (laughs) I really wanted to ask him that, but I ain't have a lot of time. I feel you on that. Speaking of time, you've been overly generous with your time. Um, I thank you, man. I have no right to say this because... Yes, you do. I'm so proud of you, man. Thank you, man. I'm so proud of what you what you've become, what you're becoming, like all of it. It's a other players, man. They need to look at what you're doing and they need to go. There's no limits. Like there's no limits on what I can be, and you're the the perfect like avatar for that. Thank you, man. I appreciate that, man. Kind of words coming from one of the goats, man. You want to go through? You started this when you were 16. Yeah, I started when I was 16, man. I was a you just started driving a car. <laughs> yeah, well, it was actually a little bit before I started driving a car. Well, I mean, but you know, but things are things are legally. moving. Things legally. are legally. Yes, there's all sorts of stuff that happened on the south side when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of stuff. Different story. Yeah, that's that's when someone interviews me. Then they I, they can get all of those stories about all sorts of everything. But thank shout hey, out. To power dots. Oh, dude. Okay. So, okay. Not on the power dots, Let, Let's talk about power dot, dot for just a hot second. It's changed my life. For like, real? like real talk, man. You, because I heard you talking about, it and I was like, it, uh, is it really that great? And then I went out and I, I humped it for four miles. Like I did have one of my crazy like four mile runs around the neighborhood on concrete. Yeah. You know, like so, so your legs are barking, your knees are barking. Fighting it all, yes. And and I, I was like, okay, Anthony hooked me up with this. I'm gonna see what it does. Yeah. So I put it on, I put it on my my shin, my left shin, my right hamstring, and my lower back, dude. <laughs> I 20 minutes. That's all I needed. I was like, oh, I can adjust it, like. The next day, and ordinarily, I'm walking like Cro-Magnon man, like yeah. the next day. I'm usually broken after a run like that. Yeah. I woke up the next morning. I was like, I feel great right hey, now. Man. Not on the power dot, man. Yeah, power dot is is that I I said it on the air. I, I was talking about it on the air uh, with Dion Miller from Channel mm-hmm. 7 because she's a big runner. Yeah. And people were like, wait, what's, what, what are you talking about? Like, what? Yeah. And so, you know, like, I people are on it now. Like, they're trying to get down with Power Dot. It's dope, man. It's dope. I love them. Dude, love them. appreciate you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. No problem. I will see you soon, all right? Well, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. I was just about to say that. But either way, like, this was good. This was good. Like, seeing you yeah, like this yeah, was good. You nice on right now. I, dude, you know what? That inspired me last night. Like I actually, I've actually now like got some ideas about that because I think I'm gonna be doing the radio show from home. So I think I'm gonna invite people in. He is killing it. Man. He's killing it. Illa is killing it. Like all these DJs that are giving us this life. Shout out to Illa. 
is mm-hmm. uh is is pretty great. So go wrangle your family because I know that they're they're looking for you, and uh, I appreciate you, man. No problem, man. Appreciate you too. All right, man. Later. We good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, man. I'll holla. It makes me laugh thinking about how many people saw Spice Adams at All-Star Weekend and just think, oh, you know, he's the the, the funny clown guy from the videos and not in, an athlete. <laughs> like, that cracks me up. <laughs> oh, yeah, did you see him get his shot blocked by Q Richardson? Like, obviously Q played in the NBA, but... You ever play basketball with football players? It's not fun. It's never fun. They will drop a shoulder into you with the quickness. Especially someone that's a a defensive tackle? Guy playing nose? But yeah, man, the spice is the truth. And I really think there are so many lessons from this episode. It's really inspiring, man. He's... He gets it. He gets it. And he has built this empire where he's everywhere. You see him on ABC with Aisha Curry. You see him on on Twitter and Instagram. You see him at the All-Star Game. Dude, he was at the All-Star Game. Flexing. It's phenomenal. We haven't done this in a while. Here's an email. If if you want to email the podcast, you're more than welcome to. I love to read emails. I wish it was a. I wish you guys would email more. Honestly, I like it because it's a a good part of the podcast. Here's how you can email us: House of L Podcast at gmail.com. And this from let's see, this is a long one. It's from Darren. Darren writes in part, have really enjoyed your podcast over the past 15 months. Once I got started listening to it, I got hooked by the Dave Rebson episode about the University of Chicago football program and have listened to every episode with the exception of the most recent released Lance Briggs episode. Memorable ones over the months have been Ben Bradley, Barry Rosner, Kelly Kroll, George Offman, Jordan Cornette, Mark Rohde, and more recently Joe Cowley. Ranger Ranji, I don't know if anyone ever calls him that, and Carrie Sayers and Paula Ferris and Stephen Bardo. Whew. That's a big list, but there are more yet. Just love the work you do and the content you provide. Was wondering if you ever considered a small town media member as a House of L guest. Yeah, I like to kind of, now I'm answering. Yes, I have considered that because I'm trying to show media from a bunch of different aspects like that's why like jory perez perez paris if you go back to her episode this is someone who's pretty young in the business update by the way jory is now in new orleans like she's a an an anchor down in new orleans i'm really really happy for her she's getting it done but yes i've thought about doing some some people that are a little bit on a smaller scale as far as the market goes so yeah, it's it's definitely something. And I appreciate that. Thank you very much for for reaching out 
And uh, I, I appreciate anyone who does. House of L podcast at gmail.com. You'll see some different stuff over the next couple of weeks. There, there are a couple of DJs I want to talk to and some big time DJs that I want to talk to. I mean, like club DJs. I don't mean Ed Lover, although I'd love to get Ed Lover on the podcast. That would be ideal. I'll work on that. He works down the hall. Well, not down the hall now because, you know, we're in the house, but. You know what I mean. So that's it. That puts a wrap on episode 106. If you want to email the podcast, House of L Podcast at gmail.com. House of L Podcast at gmail.com. If you have suggestions on who I should talk to next. Thanks to Spice Adams for being great. Wouldn't expect anything less. Appreciate you listening. I'll see you in episode 107 next week. Peace. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.